So welcome to the podcast. Uh, this week, together with Yossi Goldberg and, uh, and me, Ellie Hassel, we're going to be discussing this week's politics. Uh, we're going to break it down in an easy way, make it easy for people to understand, and make it more accessible for the average Joe. So let's get into the first question. Is the Conservative Party f- falling apart? So let's just give some background knowledge. Um, this is Northern Ireland. There's this deal the UK wants to make. Well, uh, UK wants to make with Northern Ireland, and it's getting all messy. Um, and Boris Johnson wants one thing, although he's not he's not prime minister anymore. He's saying he wants one thing publicly and against what Richie Sunak wants, and that's causing quite a public hiccup. Um, and then there's the health secretary is unofficially threatening to resign um, if if that goes ahead of the Northern Ireland. If I'm right, if the Northern Ireland thing goes ahead in the way that she doesn't like her, she said she she wouldn't accept it, which basically means she's most likely to leave. Um, so those are the questions. So. Um, Ellie, you're Yossi. Is the Conservative Party falling apart? It's a good question. I do think that uh, zoning out of the issue of Northern Ireland for a moment, and just talking more broadly, the fact of the matter is that every single party, whether you like it or not, is made up of a lot of individuals and made up of different factions that have different opinions on a variety of topics. That yeah. is the... They like to talk about an, a party being a broad church. The idea of broad church is you have different people who gather together under one banner. Now, when you're at the beginning of a stretch, you, the way you keep MPs online with a government line, whips, which are the people within the parliament, MPs appointed to keep other MPs in line with the government view, you know what the biggest and strongest um, point that they make to the MPs in order to keep them online, the main point they make to them is, you never know, in the next reshuffle, you might get chosen to be a, a minister or even a secretary of state. Ooh, every MP likes that idea thing is if you've been in power for 12 years and you most of your mps have either had a shot or in position or are never going to have a chance then you've got nothing left to actually convince them to stick to the party line so what do mps do they fall back on where they're naturally more comfortable so we have a group right so you've got a group in the party which um have formed their own group already during the brexit um time uh 2018 whatever and they're called the ERG, which is the European Research Group. And essentially, the Conservative yeah. And essentially, um, they've always, throughout the Brexit negotiations, they were always seen as the party to the part of the party to convince, right? And at different times, they've had 40, 50, 90, they've had quite a, a varying levels of support. But they are one group. Now, they are a group which uh, mainstream media perhaps will call them to the far right of the party. They are the furthest right of the party. Suella Braverman, who is the current Home Secretary, is very much associated with that group. Is she in that group? or? I don't think you can be part of that group if you're in the government because it's not exactly the government line, right? But, but she came from there and they're yeah. very friendly and all the rest of it, right? I mean, she did a show this week with Nigel Farage. So, you know, you understand where this line of thinking is. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, and quite clearly, you know, they feel strongly about Northern Ireland. Now, you have to understand that Northern Ireland is part of the UK. It is absolutely part of the UK. The only problem is it's just across the, the road from Ireland which Ireland is still part of the EU. So if you just think about it, it's absolutely plain simple, the problem that they're trying to grapple with. How does Northern Ireland retain complete and total part of the UK, but not have any problems trading with literally the neighbour on the other side of the road, Ireland, which is the EU? So for all the time that UK was in the EU, it's all one thing, it's fine. The minute you step out, well, we've got different rules, different laws, you can't just assume trade is going to go free. So that is has been the question that has dogged 
the Brexit negotiations from literally day one. Now, Theresa May tried this whole whole thing, and Boris Johnson from the backbenches at the time, well, he resigned and he went to backbenches, he blew the whole thing up. He rammed through his opposition to Theresa May's deal, which was kind of a compromise on a number of fronts, to the point that Theresa May, as we know, she fell, and he took over. Great. Boris Johnson runs for election, the 2019 general election. What does he say? I've got an oven-ready deal. Those were his words. An oven-ready deal to solve this issue once and for all. What did he come up with? The Northern Ireland Protocol. Don't get into the weeds about what that's all about, but it was some form of compromise, which he managed to package in a way that the ERG were reluctantly supportive of. Great. You know what he's doing now? He's turning around and going... You've got to stick with my latest bill. What's his latest bill? Well, when he was in power, there was this thing in going down the tracks, which basically allowed for the UK not to listen to the European Court of Justice. That's the key point here, okay? When when there's a dispute, what's going to happen? Who's going to decide? The European Court of Justice, obviously, is a huge body within the EU, right? They're like the Supreme Court of the Supreme Court, if you know what I mean. Um, and they will decide on issues when they come up. So they, the UK can't have that. We can't have them deciding on issues to do with Northern Ireland, which is part of our country. So we were going to set through, put through a, a, um, a bill which would allow us to ignore them, basically. Now, what that effectively does is it challenges the Northern Ireland Protocol, which was the thing that Boris Johnson brought into law campaigned on and so just to make it simple he said yeah. boris johnson said we want this i want this northern ireland protocol and yeah. everyone liked it yeah more or less yeah then he switched his mind and changed it. well it was getting it politically didn't solve everything yeah. and the northern islanders weren't happy with the current arrangement and yeah. it was kind of needing so we, we'll put through our own new bill which will correct it but and correcting it would it mean no correcting it would mean flying in the face of the eu really winding them up because you're just unilaterally ignoring them, basically, from your own law, it's going to cause a lot of tension. So what Rishi Sunak has come in and go, whoa, 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 hang on a second. He put that bill on the ice. Let's go back to the Northern Ireland Protocol and let's just go around the edges, smooth around the edges and try and make that one work. But use this original bill. Use the original, use the original ag- current agreement in place. And then Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson is busy saying, oh, that's a load of rubbish. You were the one that brought it in. It is... Absolutely gobsmackingly remarkable. And do you know something? I've got news for you. Yeah. Boris Johnson thinks that he's so popular in the country. There's definitely he's got a huge amount of support on some level. No question. He always is. We always talk about him. He's talked about he makes tons of money from opening his mouth. No question. But I don't think it's as strong as he thinks it is. Because really? yeah. Because I'm telling you now, I as a voter, and I voted for Boris Johnson in 2019, and I happened for my sins to vote for Brexit, right? I would never ever go near Boris Johnson again. He is been proven in public to be a liar. I mean, the way he dealt with the parties, to be a pompous git. He doesn't care about anyone. Yeah. He doesn't. Not about his family, not about his party, not about anyone. Why can't he have the slightest bit of, call it mercy, call it sensibility? Rishi Sunak is trying to hold his party together. He's a good guy. Come on. You can see he's a good man. He's, he's ethical. He's trying to do the right thing. He wants Northern Islanders to be happy. He wants the EU to be happy. Do you know, if they would vote through this bill that Boris Johnson's shouting about that they should put through, do you know what that's going to do? Let's even say it brings some sort of great thing to Northern Ireland. Let's just say. But the EU will be so cheesed off. You'll never get a good deal from them ever again. Listen, I'm just wondering, why would Boris Johnson even say this? Why yeah. would he oh, even yeah, push why? Yeah. why? That's yeah, the big why? question. Only one reason. You tell Personal me. ambition. 
Because the way he plans, he's wargame this. It's yeah. very simple. Richard Sunak can't get this through. He becomes a Theresa May 2.0, which basically means vote after vote after vote, he is embarrassed. Right? That Richard Sunak is Richard, embarrassed. Richard Sunak was going to be embarrassed in public. About 50 to 60, possibly 70 people within his party are basically shouting from the back benches, no way. His Home Secretary resigns. All looks a bit chaotic. So basically, Boris Johnson is trying to split up his own party. Rides in on a donkey, and a white donkey, and goes, look at me, I'll solve the whole thing out. So basically, he's going to split his own party and then dissolve it. Yeah, except that he won't, because his maximum support is 100 MPs. That's a lot. Not really. Not in a party. How many MPs do they currently have? How many MPs do they have? Well, they had 360, I think. They've got about 350. So okay. it's not, he does not have the majority. He does not, not majority. He does not have a majority at all in the party. It's true that in the country... Do you know there was an MP this week, Damien Green, who um, was the Deputy Prime Minister at one point, actually, to Theresa May, who was voted out by his constituency this week, so he won't be able to stand as an MP, because he opposed Boris Johnson. How, how, what do you um, mean? He's on these committees that are investigating Boris Johnson, whatever, and he's been a bit outspoken mm-hmm. about him. So that means the politi- Conservative Party at large majority support Boris Johnson. They would love him to be Prime Minister. The public the public, the public don't. Yeah. Don't think the public do? The public don't want Boris Johnson Prime Minister. Really? Not a chance. After after the party gate, after all the stuff from the COVID, no question. He had it. In 2019, he had everything going. He really did. He managed to defeat Jeremy Corbyn. I mean, Corbyn. I personally think that Boris Johnson is a very popular guy, even no matter what, he, no matter what he's done, because he's different. He's... Uh, he, Look at Rishi Suno, look at Sirkis Tamar, they're both boring. They're boring, yeah, yeah but just, 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 pl- just imagine, right, yeah. Boris Johnson gets his way over here. Just imagine. He breaks the party up, then he, then he solves it again. But he doesn't solve anything, he just looks like an idiot. He would, it's not that long ago he was voted, he was, he was turfed out of his party, turfed out of his job as Prime Minister in a very embarrassing well, you, way. You said in a very nice way, turfed out. <laughs> <laughs> Basically got kicked out. He really was. Everyone they, resigned under him. Yeah. yeah, everyone just said, no, you're, you're not, you're not, you know, not a good guy. I mean, I don't know. I think he's completely delusional. And it's, I think it's a big shame because, unfortunately, you know, we talk every week and we bring this topic up because it's important that people should realise that in politics there are people who want to do good for the country. There are good things that come from politics. But unfortunately, sometimes it also reveals the character that's not... But let's just finish off on this question on, on this particular point. Yeah. Sikh Sama, do you think he's trying actually to do good for the country? Yes. But he's learned the art of politics quite he's, well. He's learned, but he is, you think he is actually trying to do good? I Rishi's, do. Rishi Sunak? I do. Rishi yes. Sunak, you think he's actually trying I to do. do good? Yes. Boris Johnson? Not a chance. <laughs> not a chance. You know, Dominic Cummings, although has not covered himself in glory himself, actually, in the last number of months anyway, supporting Russia and all sorts of crazy stuff. But for whatever he, whatever he's worth, when he was in, in government, um, you know, he, he liked to call himself the sensible man in the room. Um, you know, taming Boris Johnson, so to speak. But he would say, after the 2019 election, Boris Johnson effectively said, okay, cool, I've done my job now, now let me go write my book. He's got a contract, which he hasn't yet filled, by the way, that he's going to write a book on Shakespeare. He's been paid like three quarters of a million pounds for it already, and he hasn't done anything. This is 2019 talking, right? So um, Boris Johnson says, all right, I'll go my, write my book now. And Dominic Cummings apparently said to him, mate, you've got to run the country, right? <laughs> then COVID... I almost forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for that. COVID hit, and he was sort of schlepped into running the country. Do you know what I mean? He didn't really yeah. want... He's, so he's, not, he's not leadership. He's a good talker, and he's, you know, he's got charisma. And that's no question. He can campaign. But what's he going to say next time he campaigns? I've got a tremendously good deal for the EU. Really? Well, what about the last one that you trashed after two years? I mean, it's just a bit... I think he's lost credibility. Yeah. I really do. I, 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 
I, I don't really understand. I think I think he's a bit delusional. But you know who else is delusional across the ocean? I think he reminds me a little bit of Trump. I never used to make those comparisons. I didn't like the comparisons him and Trump. But they're both yeah. able to stare defeat in the face and just see themselves. At some winning. point, that's that's a good uh, that, that is a good value to have. But at some point, it's too you can't have. It's a good value to have to stare defeat in those face and say, "No, I'm going to defeat that." Uh, but sometimes, it, sometimes too much of that is bad. But it's actually, actually, I don't know if you watched a Piers Morgan interview with Rishi Sunak. I did. Yeah. yeah there was a funny part where Piers Morgan, Piers Morgan said to Rishi Sunak, "You're rich." You've been to an American. <laughs> you're um, stinking rich, he said. You're stinking rich. You've been to American, um, American university, and you completed American university. You've been in a rich family, or th- five big things, and you. Oh, you've never smoked. You've never drank. You've never gambled. Do you know who else has done that? <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> uh, anyway, should we move on? So, to just that? to yeah. finish off, the, the I think to cut the long story short, the question was. Is the Conservative Party falling apart? The short answer is yes, and the reason is because they've been in power for so long, there's no whip with which you can hold all the MPs in line in one, in one form, which basically means what can the Prime Minister do to hold everyone together? He can't do that much. He can't threaten. He can't say, well, you won't get promotion. We don't care about promotion. They know that in one and a half years' time there's an election. They all know they're going to lose. So they don't really care, and that's the worst and most dangerous position for him to be in, which is sad for the country. Definitely. Okay, so moving on to the next question. Is Labour making progress? So, Sir Keir Starmer today laid out five missions for the, for the country, five things he wants to accomplish if he was to become the Prime Minister of the UK. So, we're going to, uh, so just to go over them, do they actually mean anything? Are they going to make an impact at all on the chances? And in general, is Labour making any progress? So this is Amelie Hassel, you're Yossi Goldberg. What do you think? Is Labour making any progress? Well, there's no question that in uh, if politics is all about um, perception and how people view you, yeah. yeah, we've said that a lot of yeah. times, then lab- the perception of Labour is that it's almost a governing party. No question. Especially, for example, that uh, last week, I think it was, Sirke Stammer went to Ukraine. Yeah. And he made himself look like a, pr- a prime minister that yeah. way. Have you ever heard of this term, the smell test? <clears throat> it's like a smell test where you can sort of... You, you forget the facts for a moment, forget the statistics and all that, just look at what, what does it feel like, what does it seem like, right? And you look at Jeremy Corbyn, forget anything else, he did not look like a person who could be Prime Minister, he just didn't, right? Um, even Liz Truss, to be honest, it's a bit of a surprise that she got there, because she doesn't really come across, she doesn't command authority in that way at all. Keir Starmer looks like a guy, you can imagine, in number 10, doing all the stuff he needs to do, standing on the world stage, you know, being a world leader. That's what he's you trying can, to prove. Yeah, yeah, and you can see that, and that's great. So in terms of presentation, in terms of showing he's a serious person and a serious party, I think they're making progress. But I was laughing when I saw these five pledges because it's all, just read them yeah, it's all hot air. Yeah, so the first one is securing the highest sustained growth in the G7 groups of rich nations um, by the end of Labour's first term, <laughs> which basically means, in, in, in normal language, grow and grow quickly, grow securely, uh, make the UK grow securely. And grow quickly. The second point is making Britain a clean energy superpower, removing fossil fuels from all of Britain's electricity generation by 2030. Okay, good luck. Yeah, <laughs> basically that means uh, was uh, removing all fossil fuels from Britain within seven years, less than se- uh, less than seven years. Ain't gonna happen. Yeah, improving the, improving the NHS, reforming the justice system, and raising education standards. What I think he's doing is just ticking the political boxes that make it seem like. That people like. So these are probably one of the. These are probably. He looked at the issues. What do people care about? If these are things people care about. Let me just say these are the things we care about as well. Yeah, but you know yeah. what? That's politics. If you can yeah. say that convincingly, then people believe you. But I tell you, they've got a much bigger problem on their hands, which I actually was hearing today on the, 
the Spectator politi- uh, Politics podcast, where they were saying how um, there's no money to spend. Labour traditionally loves spending money. You know, famously, when they left in, 20, in 2010, the Chief Secretary of Treasury left a note on the table, which you can, look, you can find on Twitter. People always post it every now and again. Um, it was like a handwritten note saying, sorry, there's no money left, and then signed his name. And I, I don't know what the meaning... I don't think it was a joke when he wrote it. I think... I'm not really sure what he meant, right? Yeah. Maybe... I don't know. Maybe he was cracking the wisecrack. Excuse me. But the Conservatives have brought it up time and time again. You see, you labour, you come in, you spend all the money, there's nothing left, right? Well, that's what they like to do. But his hands are tied. There ain't no money to spend. So what's he going to campaign on the next left? He can't really breathe any traditionally labour hope unless he appears to be financially incompetent. You can't do that either because since the financial crash of 20, 20, 2008, Labour have tried to recover their image of financial competence. They're trying to show, no, we know how to balance the books and we're not going to do anything strange. So what's he supposed to do? All he can do is hot hair and, hot hair and apple pie. There's nothing else he can say. And I looked. I didn't look the whole, the whole video, but I watched clips of him, you know, with his shirt sleeves standing there talking. He looked convincing. He looked all right. He looked the part. Personally, I think he's a genuinely good good guy. Do you know what? If Rishi Sunak would be the face of the Conservative Party, I'd probably vote Conservative next election. Rishi but, Sunak? Meaning, if Rishi Sunak would be would embody the Conservative Party as a whole, if if the Conservative Party would be what Rishi Sunak is, I think they'd be in a much you better really place. Like Rishi Sunak? I think he's a good person. I think he's, Being I th- a good person doesn't mean you're the right person. I think he wants the best for the country. So does everyone. I don't think that. But every, honestly, everyone in goods and politics thinks this is the best thing for, for, that they're going to do. You, they're not always right. Yeah, well, okay, so let me put it this way. Economically, yeah. I yeah. think I'm a bit more conservative than Labour, right? Yeah. I did vote conservative last election. I think the idea that you want to balance the books, you don't want to borrow too much, although I like benefits personally, but you don't want to you know, overpay benefits. I get all that. You yeah. want to get people back into work. You want working to pay, all that stuff. Conservative concept, I'm fully with it. But I just feel like they're burnt out. They've got nothing left to offer. Richard Sunak himself is young and fresh, but none of them are the rest. The apparatus of the country is just falling apart. Like, nothing's working. It's like, just doesn't really make sense. So I think, like, just give Labour a chance. That's kind of my, my thought. But I just, the shame is that I just don't know what, how are Labour going to improve the NHS? Can I ask you, how are Labour going to improve the NHS? The NHS, have, the backlog is millions of people waiting for appointments. Um, the bureaucracy of the NHS is only getting worse. They're spending hundreds of thousands a year on diversity chiefs and all sorts of stuff. Hasn't every single politician that's come into politics for the past Claimed 15, 20 to, years to said they'll improve the and, they, and the Conservatives, to their credit, have pumped tremendous amounts of money into the NHS. If tremendous. they haven't achieved anything, then that's not to their credit. <laughs> no. So what are what, what Labour supposed to do? I genuinely feel sorry for him. Yeah. I don't think... I mean, should we look? We can even go over each one. So securing the highest sustained growth. What does, what does that even mean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he says within the G7 of rich nations by the end of Labour's first term. I, 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 I don't know. I, I think Liz Truss will like that. Growth, growth, growth. That's what she spoke <laughs> about all the time. It? Yeah, it's like when you, when you say growth, growth, growth and all these things, I feel you're not actually outlining what you want to do. You see, the Conservatives have an argument, which is that you cut taxes and that, and that um, increases growth. Now, I'm not an economist. So I've got no idea if they're, if they're right or not, but that's what Liz Truss tried. And it went belly up. So... You can't even do that. The other thing Labour do is that we borrow because good interest rates, we can borrow money and push, push money into the system and public services and, and, and infrastructure. And when you invest in that, then that creates growth. I hear that argument. You don't have any money. So you can't do that either. So I don't know what they mean. Yeah, and then the second one is making Britain a clean energy superpower, removing fossil fuel fuels from all of Britain's electricity generation yeah. by 2030. Yeah, do you know Boris Johnson tried that when he by was 2030? in 2030? Well, he did say at one point there was going to be a quick shift to to um uh not fossil non-fossil fueled energy. His wife is a big environmentalist and all that. 
And they worked out that if they start putting um, electric, what they call heat pumps, into people's houses so they don't have to rely on. It was going to cost like 50, 60 grand a house. 50, 60 yeah. grand a house? So, yeah. And it's just like, it's unsustainable. It's just not going to happen. Unless you build nuclear power. But do you know how long it takes for a nuclear power station to become active? About 10 years. So if Keir Starmer gets in next year... So the thing yeah. is, I think, by him saying this, and he, let's say he... he see, when is, a vote, when is, when is it? When is it? May 2024, probably. 2024, sorry. So if he gets voted in next year, and then 2028, he'll have to say to them, listen, I said by 2030, this is 2028, you need to vote me in. Let me, let me come for Finish another couple of years, yeah. and then I'll be able to help. But listen, if you vote the Conservative Party this time, then it's not going to happen. So I think it may, it, that might be one of the reasons why he said 2030, although it's unsustainable. Then we get to 2030, that's a different discussion. Then improving the NHS, you're right, that should, we talked about that, just to, what, what does that even mean? Reforming the justice system. It always needs reforming. I yeah. mean, there's loads of cases that backlogged, and yeah, good luck. And then raising education standards once again. Once again. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what Rishi Sunak is doing right now. Do you know that Tony Blair in '97 had a pledge card, which was the same idea, but he, he called it a pledge card, and he's calling it five missions or whatever, but five statements on it. I don't have it to hand, but Tony Blair had specific targets, you know. Um, Very specific, that yeah. the public could actually judge yeah. if he accomplished or not. Br- finding hundred million pounds more for the NHS. See, this is something that a politician should do. Should yeah. actually be very specific, yeah. and the government, and the public could judge him. Did you do it? Yes or no? Yeah. Well, the Conservatives tried it by the last election in twenty nineteen. Boris Johnson, to, to his credit, was good at that. He had like twenty thousand more police officers, and this and that, the other. Well, we'll see if by the next election we can we can count on them for that. But um, yeah, I think Keir Starmer's playing a long game here, though. I think that the all, despite all the things I've just said against negatively about his speech and about these missions and the meaningless of them, it's a stage-by-stage process. You put out these things in general t- form now and you hammer them a bit over the next months and when the time comes, you then bring out your manifesto closer to the actual election where by then it's too late for conservatives to steal your ideas. Because don't forget, this is how it works. If Labour come out with an idea that's really good, the conservatives will steal it and rename it. And who will get the credit? Not Labour. Only the Conservatives will get the credit because they're Why? in power yeah, and they can bigger. actually affect it. They can do it. Yeah. And I'll give you one example of that. Labour came out with this great idea, let's tax the oil companies. They came out at the beginning of last year, I think it was. Whenever it was, they were making mental profits. Everyone was, the cost of living crisis was just sort of getting going. Um, conservatives completely and totally nicked it. They taxed, they called it something else. They didn't call it a tax and all the rest of it. And I can't remember what they called it. Surplus, whatever they called it. They nicked it and they got credit for it. Conservatives gave us all money to, towards our heating bills. But it was Labour's idea, but no one remembers that, and no one cares about that. So that's why Labour have to be careful from going into too much detail. So, yeah. to his, you know, would I you, think he's playing a long game. Would you vote for uh, Labour next time, as as a country is right now, or you don't know? I would vote for Labour, but only because I just think the Conservatives are tired out. They just run out. They 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 run out of steam. You you look around the party, and it's like, I don't know. I like David Cameron. I think he was a good guy. Um, it's a pity about Brexit. It really is a pity because I think if they could have run the campaign slightly differently, I think they might have the Remain might have won and things would have been a bit more settled, um, you know. But uh, I think time to give Labour a chance. I'm, I'm, it's not a political podcast. I'm not trying to advocate people should vote for Labour, but that's just my thoughts on it. Brilliant. Thanks so much for coming Thank on. Thank you. Really. Thanks.